0: In 1979, Britain could have been called anything but great. Strikes, a fuel shortage, mounting national debt and a succession of weak prime ministers had brought the land of Queen Victoria and the centre of the empire to its lowest point for 200 years. Into the vacuum stepped a middle-class, conservative mother of two sweeping to power with good old-fashioned ideas about economizing, self-reliance, and a refusal to be pushed around. For three consecutive terms, Margaret Thatcher was a force to be reckoned with. Some called her the greatest prime minister since Churchill, while others called her the worst leader since Bloody Mary. At the time, most people knew her as the most powerful woman in the world. Blind History Season 6, and uh, a formidable woman known as the Iron Lady, our subject for the day, Margaret Thatcher, a woman I remember in 1990, I was just finishing primary school, and there was this formidable, powerful, and memorable woman in charge of Britain. She was the first female Prime Minister of the UK, but if you described her as anything but an individual, she would have been horrified. She once answered a question a little boy asked her, do you think we'll ever have a female prime minister before she'd become prime minister? And she said, well, I think it would be more impressive if we had a chemist for a prime minister. We've never had a scientist who became a prime minister and I hope to be the first, but I don't think we'll ever have a woman in charge of government during my lifetime. And she was wrong. She was wrong. But in many things, she was right, and she's easily one of the most controversial prime ministers in British history, probably because she's still quite recent. I mean, the fact that she's in living memory, she died in 2013, uh, she had a stroke at the age of 87, but her life was remarkable. I say that because she didn't expect, being the daughter of a shopkeeper in Grantham, that she'd
1: ever ascend to
0: a position which at that point, as she said, was out of reach of most women.
1: And I think the most renowned British political leader since Winston Churchill. I mean, those are big words.
0: Well, they're interesting. They, they've done a couple of surveys, right, where she's been ranked favorably among British prime ministers. And in fact, she was regarded as the greatest living Britain when they did that survey back in the year 2010, I think. Sure, and that's not long ago. Yeah. So she's still held in high esteem by many people, obviously not so much the trade unionists or the Labour Party but everyone else thinks of her quite highly she also had the queen attend her funeral which was something that the queen had only previously done for winston churchill
1: mm. and
0: three consecutive terms yes longest prime minister in office in the 20th century
1: and also um going for the fourth term you know there was a lot of pressure on her by then but she actually did win the internal candidacy? Oh, she, she always thought so that she... So she stepped down. Yeah, to the the she game. felt
0: very betrayed by the rest of her, her cabinet, who were frankly a bunch of sycophants and mm. bureaucrats and not particularly impressive people. I mean, the only way you know that for sure is to look at John Major, who took over after her term as prime minister and who was really quite watery, a non-event in history. Um, yeah. There are a couple of prime ministers recently who are non-events. If I mention them now, you go, oh, yeah, he was a prime minister. John Major...
1: And Gordon Brown, yeah, I don't even know yeah, Gordon. I don't know where he you know, came really, from. Really, and then Theresa the lab- May,
0: yes. Who cares about these three people that I've just mentioned? Are footnotes in history compared to Margaret and Patrick. the Labour Prime Minister? Well, Tony Blair, whether you liked him or not, he certainly made an impact, mm. and he was involved in being Prime Minister at a time when there was a lot going on. But to go back to Margaret, she actually did study chemistry, correct. Her father was was not only a shopkeeper. They used to use that almost as a pejorative against her. It was like, oh, daughter of a shopkeeper, because most of the prime ministers had been, you know, the sons of aristocrats or or self-made men. Mm. Um, so they thought that was an insult. But she was very proud of being the, the daughter of a shopkeeper and used to use it to her advantage when she was talking to people and campaigning and making speeches. She it as an advantage. Absolutely, she said, I understand basic economics, and you could ask Margaret Thatcher on any day of the week what the price of a block of butter or a bottle of milk was, and she'd be able to tell you. Yeah. Which I think is not just something that she used to use as a way to win over people's uh, affections, but it was something that showed that that was what she was concerned with, is the basic economics of a house Mm. and of how ordinary people wanted to live and what their priorities were. Yeah. And you can say that for very many people on the left, but not for terribly many people on the right. That made her a unique person. Just
1: talking about her dad and, you know, he was in politics. He was mayor of Grantham.
0: That's what I was about to say. He, You know, they make fun of him being a shopkeeper because in those days that was looked down on. But he
1: was also mayor of Grantham and a a very inspiring man. Yeah, and I think politicking, she learned a lot from him. Mm. And she was very intelligent, but also driven so yes, she was a chemist, but she ended up also becoming a barrister. Yes. And I yeah. suppose for those that don't actually know, it's like a type of lawyer. It's what we would call an advocate in South advocate. Africa.
0: But she married Dennis, who, who really took a, a back seat through the marriage. And because she was such a formidable woman. Mm-hmm. Um, but was a real support to her. And he predeceased her by 10 years. And I think that was eventually when the decline set in for her.
1: But she was born in 1925, which is actually a, quite a long time ago when you think about it True. now. And, and I think they both reached 87. Mm-hmm. But 1925 was a different world. Oh, yeah. To be ruling in 1990, you
0: know. Absolutely. And for her to have grown up during the war also mm. gave her that strong backbone that a lot of English people at that time had. She had two kids with Dennis. And they were called Mark and Carol. They were twins. Mark has some interesting and not necessarily salubrious links with South Africa and coups in the uh, equatorial Guinea and so on. But I suppose you could say being a mother was an important part of her life because she, in one letter during the Falklands War, wrote to the the mothers of various servicemen who died and said – I am the first prime minister who's also a mother, so I can imagine mm. what it feels like for you. But she didn't really have the reputation of being a mom. She had the reputation of being this extraordinary politician.
1: But taking the milk away from the schools oh. might so yeah. not so. Thatcher, so. The,
0: Thatcher, the milk snatcher. Maternal. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> well, that was unfair because that policy had already come in under the Labour government, but she said it was just a continuation. And why should we provide things to people for free exactly. when they're quite capable of getting it for themselves by the way the reason she spoke like that was because she was actually given lessons oh now okay Um, they decided somewhere in the in the early 70s that this woman was something to bargain on and the conservatives needed someone strong and they basically said to look if you're going to lead why not lead the conservative party and if you're going to lead the conservative party why not become prime minister Mm. then you really can change the world And she did want to leave her mark on history Mm. and she did want to do things. Not saying, she always used to say. And I think she achieved all of that in bucket loads. But she she was always very aware of the way that she sounded, the way that she looked. She used to power dress. She was really a woman of the 80s in that Mm. respect. And during her 11 and a half years, Britain had a couple of downs, but they had mostly ups. And they reestablished the roar of the Lion of Great Britain Mm. during that time, and it hasn't really come back
1: since. No, 100%. She ran first ran for parliament in 1950. Right. And she resigned in 1990. So being in the House of Commons for 40 years, but she was very well respected from early on.
0: Well, there were three groups that didn't really like her. The first was the mine workers, well, all the Mm. unions, really, because she was absolutely unsympathetic to the trade unions and broke them effectively probably the, the only politician in British history who had the, the nerve to stand mm-hmm. up to these very powerful
1: unions, and she put them in their place. And it needs to be said that they went for a year, the negotiation, and after that year, she conceded nothing. Well, she yeah. made that
0: famous speech. She said, my opposition want to wait for a U-turn. She said, well, U-turn if you want to. The lady <laughs> is not for turning. I mean, these – these, Boy, she didn't turn. <laughs> these speeches she made were just unbelievably powerful. She also wasn't liked by the IRA
1: because there a killer, were massive
0: yeah. tensions with the Irish Republican Army. Irish independence was a big deal. Um Scottish independence would become a thing as well, but to a much lesser degree. And the third group of people who turned out to be her enemies were the people in her own party, but we'll mm. get to those
1: in a minute. So if we had to just look at it as she started coming through the ranks, she started engaging more and more, and I, I don't think she was – that powerful, finally, she wasn't in a massively powerful position, but she was the only natural candidate to, mm. to compete against, I think it was Heath, um, and yeah. to take over party leadership. And then that was the beginning, it could it be 1974? No, well, by 1979, it,
0: there was an election, and it was clear that she was the, the favorite. Mm. Um, the Labour Party still had good support, but Margaret Thatcher, I think, just shot the lights out. Mm. And she came in strong. She stood up against the oncoming recession. She stood up to the unions. She fought for ordinary people and their ability to make a difference. She was a real believer in the free market economy. Mm. She was regarded by the left as not being very sympathetic to social policies. Um, and whether or not that's fair, you can, you can debate. You certainly can't do all those social programs unless you have money to pay for them. Mm. You know, she always famously used to say the problem with socialism is that you eventually run out of other people's money. But that is the most famous statement. You can it's exactly, I mean. <laughs> and she wasn't very popular with everybody, but Margaret Thatcher
1: will go down in history as a great prime minister, whether or not the mine workers loved her mm. or, or not. Within her party, there were the, she always had that resistance in the party and it was the wets and the dries, as they called <laughs> them.
0: She called them that. I'm, she, sure. I,
1: I'm sure she called them that, yeah. and that uh, she was part of obviously the, the progressive draws. and then you had the wets that wanted to stay very conservative. I mean, that tells you a whole story because now we look at her as
0: being quite right wing and conservative, but in her day she was quite progressive. Mm-hmm. She had ideas about the economy that were untried, and she believed in sticking to them, persevering, not giving up, and not giving in. Which for politicians these days who are constantly obsessed with polls what their approval ratings Mm. are. These things are what drive politicians today. She would have disregarded all of that and said, no, no, we're going to go ahead
1: with this. But also what you said earlier, greater independence of the individual and also less interference from government. Yes, deregulation.
0: Yeah. Big part of what she was up for. Of course, in 1982, the Falklands War broke out. And this was really a high point for her because she was running in the next year for re-election. And it made her very popular because she just, stood up like an old British prime minister might have in the days of Mm -hmm. Churchill said, we're not giving an inch of territory. This is our land. We're not going to let these Argentines take it from us. And she was very, very cross about what was going on over there. She took advice from her military advisors, the best possible advice, decided to go to war. She gave the instruction to sink ships, to do what was Mm -hmm. necessary. And despite a couple of wobbles in the beginning, Obviously, eventually, Britain emerged victorious. They defeated the Argentines. And there was a huge uh, amount of patriotism and a swelling of support for her as a result of
1: that. And then she walked the second term. Although in the first term, I mean, when they took over, the Labor government had basically were bankrupt in 1979. And it was very, very hard to pull the ship right. And, And so inflation doubled during her first tenure. But she cut costs everywhere. Yeah, 100%. And naturally, in in the way she was, she did make enemies. The IRA and the unions, I mean, they tried to kill her.
0: They tried to blow her up in Brighton at the Conservative Party conference. And she and Dennis were in the hotel when it blew up. And they were very nearly killed. And she just pretended nothing had happened, Mm. which drove them crazy. Because instead of her doing what any modern politician would have done and gone on TV and cried and been weak, she was resilient. And said, this is not going to throw us off our game. We are the party of peace. We will continue. Mm -hmm. Back to business. Business as (laughs) usual. That was her thing.
1: And the foreign policies, together with Ronald Reagan, the Soviet Union was public enemy number one. And probably protracted the Cold War Mm -hmm. uh, until Gorbachev came into power. and, And then there was some maybe softening a little bit negotiations. But in those days... I remember growing up, Soviet Union was… They was, were enemy number one. They were em- enemy number one. But she famously uh, was big mates with Ronald
0: Reagan and they obviously built that special relationship which continues to this day between America and Britain. Um But in foreign affairs, she also was most proud of bringing down the Berlin Wall along with Reagan. Mm, that's true. And I think that that was her overriding achievement
1: in terms of foreign affairs. So Rhodesia um, becoming an independent nation—that was what, under her watch. Under her watch, and it's something that she she did encounter considerable criticism both at home and around the world. Was the opposition to the sanctions in yes. the apartheid regime in South Africa? I mean, Nelson Mandela, when he made his first
0: visit to the UK, he praised Thatcher for being an ally to liberation, despite the fact that she was against sanctions. She didn't see that punishing South Africa would make things better for black people. Mm. Um, and so a lot of people have tried to characterize her as a friend of the apartheid mm. regime, which is not fair, I don't think, yeah. because she certainly wasn't trying to help Pretoria along. Mm. And she and Reagan both had policies which they might not have fitted into the perfect cookie cutter of being absolute fans of the the struggle. Yeah, But they uh, she did believe that the ANC was essentially a terrorist organization. She did believe that sanctions would do more harm than good. But in the end... She was a massive fan of liberation yeah. on the African continent, of independence for mm. African countries. Oh, you could see
1: that in Zimbabwe, yeah.
0: Absolutely. And uh, I think her opposition to any kind of overt control was shown most clearly in her opposition to the EU. Mm. She didn't want a single currency for Britain. And to her credit, the pound today is still there because yeah. of her and her administration. I mean, right. And the pound is a far more powerful currency than the euro. And that's because of
1: Thatcher. Yeah. And that's when the big divide came, mm-hmm. the senior ministers. And you know what the thing is, is? She went out on her own terms. Well, she resigned. She refused to be beaten in an election and be replaced was, as leader. But and, she was not beaten in the internal party no, no, election.
0: She was successful there and just decided it's better to exit on my own terms. And, of course, she famously shed a tear as she was leaving Downing Street. But she said, we leave Britain a much better place than we found it, yeah. which is absolutely true. On the numbers. Don't, don't take your feelings into consideration here because that can mislead you. She did eventually go on to become a a life peer in the House of Lords. She was made a Lady of the Garter, which is the highest honor that the Queen can bestow on anyone in Britain. Her husband, Dennis, was made a Baronet and his son and their son, Mark, inherited that title. He still continues to be Baronet Thatcher. But, when she eventually did start getting much older and, and suffered from dementia, she stopped making speeches. She stopped being seen in public so often. She went very private, correct? Absolutely. And when she eventually did die of a stroke, she was buried in a full ceremonial funeral, um, which was on the level of Princess Diana or the mm-hmm. Queen Mother, and I think fittingly, uh, yeah. you know, that she was she was basically honoured in the best possible way,
1: and rightly so.
0: Yeah, right, rightly, not leftly, as she might have said herself. <laughs> anyway, an incredible woman. And there are still speeches of hers you can see on YouTube, which I think will uh, give you an insight into the incredible brain and the, the determined, driven nature of, of a woman in politics at a time where this was not considered possible for women. And by the way, she was no feminist. Uh, she, she used to still cook breakfast for Dennis every morning. She always wore a dress, never wore trousers. She always considered herself to be a mother and a wife, Mm. as well as being a prime minister. And she took all of those duties seriously. So before the feminists tried to claim her, and there are lots of people who said, oh, you know, the most important thing she did was be a woman. And she would have always said, no, no, most important thing is to be an individual. Correct. That's Margaret Thatcher. Blind History is brought to you by Taylor Blinds and Shutters. All the episodes are available on the cliffcentral.com website and app, as well as Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Mikhail Gorbachev had a really powerful respect for her. Mm. Um, In fact, all of them had really nice things to say about working with her, that she was tough but that she was respectable. Mm. And in fact, the term iron lady, which was actually used by the Russians to describe her before she was even prime minister, she loved that. She said, an iron lady? (laughs) Yes, and I'm proud of it. (laughs)